welcome to the UNT BSM audio resources. If you want more information on the BSM, you can go to untbsm.com. Thanks for listening. Okay, so these points kind of direct us directly to that. What does it say about God and unity? 
what to say about us and unity, and then how we apply that. Okay? So I want us to be focused on that. So looking at verse 1, um, it's talking about, I urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you've been called. Um, so we receive salvation uh, through Christ's sacrifice. And this calling that we've been called into is salvation. Um, and so because God is merciful, we have this salvation. Uh, and so in Ephesians 2, verses 4 through 5, like we read earlier, it's, but God being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, he made us alive together in Christ. Um, so that's the salvation that we've been called into. We've been called into this family, this family of God, uh, that is full of mercy, full of love, full of grace. Um, and so I want us to be focusing on this salvation again that we've, been, we've received. Um, and then in verses 2 through 3, and it's called to be like Christ. We're imitators of Christ. You, if you are a believer and you've accepted Christ, you are to be imitators of Christ. Um, if you have been saved through faith by grace alone, then you are called to be imitators of Christ. And so that looks like being humble, walking in gentleness and patience, bearing in love the burdens of one another. And that one another is you guys. If you are a Christian, you guys are called to bear one another's burdens in love. Um, and the other part of that verse, in the end of 3, it says, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. So what does that mean, to maintain the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace? So first of all, the unity of the Spirit is, we, if you've accepted Jesus, have received the Spirit of God. And so if you've all received that, then we all have the same Spirit. So we've all been given this one Spirit, so we are unified. If anything else, we are unified in the Spirit. We are all different and talented in different areas. We look different. We are from different places. But we are unified in that one Spirit. Um, and so that's what happens when we become part of God's family. Uh, and so now our own desires and our own wishes, uh, we have died to those. We have been, they have been replaced with the desires of the Spirit. Uh, and so that's where God lives in each person who's accepted Jesus. And then it talks about the second part of that verse is you're going to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. And that bond of peace is Jesus. Jesus has bound us together as his family. Um, and that he brought peace to a world that was not peaceful. Um, and so we're going to transition even in a small section of what does it say about God and unity. Um, so verses 4 through 6, um, look at those real quick. There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to the one hope that belongs to your call. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. And so this section is showing what God being unified looks like. Um, and so we got to see the first three verses, Paul telling us to be unified. He's calling us to be unified, but then he's explaining, like, this is why we're called to be unified, because God himself is unified, right? So you guys know the Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And so you guys get to see that there's one body, which is us, we are united in one spirit. So there's a spirit, right? Um, and then we have one Lord, and that's referring to Jesus. And so you see the second part of the Trinity, Jesus. One Lord, one faith, and one baptism. Um, and then you see one God and Father of all. And so God and Father of all, he is over all and through all and in all. And so that unites all of us, all the Trinity, that they're united in one, one God. Um, and so you get to see that they're different persons in one God. They have different roles. Um, but those roles are united by being in one God, right? And so he's over everything and in everything and through everything. Um, and that's really comforting for me personally, just knowing that we have a God who is over everything um, and is in everything. Um, and so, you see, him being unified, God himself being unified, right? And that leads to the body being unified since we were made in his image. 
So that moves to our second point, which is the unity of the body. So looking at verses 7 through 12. Um, but grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore it says, when he ascended on high, he led a host of captives, and he gave gifts to men. And saying he ascended, what does it mean but that he also descended into the lower regions of the earth? He who descended is the one who also ascended far above all the heavens, that he might fill all things. And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ. So now this section we're going to look at, what does it say about us being unified? So in verse 7, it says, but grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. You have accepted Jesus, you have received grace, and that grace has covered us all. We don't, we each get the same amount of grace, an equal amount of grace. Not one of us gets a little less than the other, you know, thankfully, we all get the same amount of grace. Um, and so, those who accept Jesus as their Lord and Savior receive that free gift of salvation. Um, and so in Ephesians 7, or Ephesians 1, verse not 7, in Ephesians 1, verses 7 through 8, says, In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight. And I love that word lavished because that kind of gives us a picture. He covers us all with his grace. Um, and he's not, he doesn't just give us a little bit. He's giving us all of his grace. Um, and so uh, then you can see then that we are all unified by that grace that we've all received. You've all received the same amount of grace. Therefore, we are called to be united in that. Um, so therefore, as he's looking through uh, the sacrifice of his son, he sees one body and does not dole out grace according to our individual accomplishment. Just because you're talented in one area and someone else is talented in another area does not mean that he's giving you a great amount of grace for how much talent you have. Um, he's giving you an equal amount of uh, grace. And I'm not saying that he's, he's downplaying your individuality at all. Um, God has given you all those different individual talents and strengths and gifts. Um, but he's not glorifying those talents and strengths and gifts over the unity that he's called us as a body to be in. Um, and so I want us to look at verse 8. I'm not going to go into verse 8 as much because um, it's taken from Psalm 68. Um, but I want to look at the last part of verse 8. And he gave gifts to men. Okay, so what gifts is he talking about? So we're looking at seeing what gifts he's talking about. So I want you to jump down to uh, verses 11 through 12. And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ. So, you can kind of see, he gave gifts, and then he says, and he gave the apostles, the prophets, all these people. Um, and so you can see all of those people are over the church. So God gave gifts, and those gifts were men and women in our churches who are over us and teaching us and equipping us for the work of ministry. And we are those saints. It says to equip the saints for the work of ministry for the building up of the body. So if you are a Christian, you believe in Jesus as your Savior, you are one of those saints that he's talking to, he's referring mm -hmm. to. You are being equipped to do the work of ministry. It's not just these people over your church that are called, that are doing all the ministry. They're not the only ones that are responsible for doing ministry. They are here to equip you and to strengthen you and to preach the word to you so that you can go out and share the gospel with people and bring them into that body of Christ. And so I want us to look more closely at this trend that we see with God's grace. Um, God's grace is first, he gave us his son, and his son died on the cross for our sins that we we have that right relationship, a fixed relationship with God um, that we destroyed by sinning against him. Um, and then he gave us his spirit when he ascended on high. Um, and that spirit rests in us like we just talked about. Um, but God so good that he decided not to stop there. That he gave us these gifts in men and women 
over our church um, who are to build you up and equip you and encourage you and preach the word of God to you because they've been gifted in that area. So those who are over your church as pastors and, and deacons and elders, all these people are over your church to encourage you and equip you with the word of God so that you can have the word of God in your hearts. Um, and so then this is to lead to the building up of the body. Um, and that's the point. We are to build up the body, not us individually, to build us up, but we're to build each other up as one body and one spirit. And so we're called to be unified as Christ is unified with the Father and the Spirit. And so just as God is unified, we are called to be unified under the covering of his grace. Um, and so this does not mean that we don't have individual gifts, but each one of those individual gifts God has given us to equip and encourage and strengthen those around us, those fellow believers around us. Um, and so I want us to then move on to our third point. And then we're kind of going quickly. Um, but the third point is the purpose of unity. Um, and so we're going to look at verses 13 through 16. Until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, with each part, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. And so, looking at verse 13, it says, to attain the unity of the faith. Um, and that's to bring people into this unity, this unified body. Um, and this, this unity is a continual work until Christ comes again, in the second coming. Um, and so that is the unity of faith that we're seeking, is when Christ comes, we will be unified with him. So we're working to that. Um, and so ultimately, the purpose of unity in the body is to grow in maturity. Um, so we're not supposed to stay stagnant in the way that we are right now. Uh, you guys are all in college, and you're all learning new things. And so really, God has called us to all learn until Christ comes again. We're continuing to mature and to grow, and that's what the body is there for, is to encourage us in that. Um, and so he kind of parallels maturity and immaturity. You can kind of see that in, I think it's uh, verses... 13 and 14, he shows the measure of the stature of fullness of Christ. That is mature manhood. Christ is our example of mature manhood. And then it goes into uh, verse 14, so that we may no longer be children tossed about by the waves of every wind of doctrine. Okay, so he's paralleling Christ and his maturity. This is what we're trying to achieve. And then right now we are children being tossed about by every wind of doctrine. Um, and so Paul is urging us to find the foundation of the unity of the Spirit. Because right now, you guys are surrounded by so many different beliefs and so many different ideas of what you're supposed to think and what you're supposed to do and how you're supposed to live your life. Um, and you're, you're told, do what you want, do what feels right to you. Uh, your truth is your truth, but my truth is mine. Um, and you're just hit by all of these things constantly. But Paul is urging us to stand firm in the foundation of Christ. Um, he is our maturity. We're supposed to look to him as our example. Um, and so, moving on to verses 15 through 16. Um, it's, rather, Paul's calling us to grow into the fullness of the stature of Christ. Um, and this occurs through community, being in community with the body of Christ. Um, and the truth, it says in 15, it says, rather speaking the truth in love. So the truth that he's talking about right there is the word of God. He's telling us that we are supposed to know the word of God. Um, and this is biblical, gospel-centered truth. And so the body, we, 
all of you guys, we're all called to preach that to one another, to speak that to one another, to encourage one another um, in the word of God. And so we are held ultimately together. As it goes on, it says, um, rather speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way to him who is the head and to Christ. Um, and so we are supposed to grow up in Christ who is the head of the body. He is our head and our, our main focus. And so we are all of these parts of the body, these different joints held together. Um, and so when the body is equipped with the word of God, when you guys have know the word of God in your heart, um, and you're working in the places that God has called you, where you guys are personally gifted, um, then you will grow in maturity. The body will grow. We will grow and build one another up in love, as it says in verse 16. And so, um, kind of to close, I want us to look at that again and say, what is it saying about God? Well, it's saying that God is unified. Um, he is the Trinity. He is three persons in one God. Um, and then it talks about, like, it shows us what we are supposed to do and what we are supposed to look like. We are supposed to be the unified body of Christ. So you as individuals are supposed to be building one another up and encouraging one another and loving one another. And so what is it going to look like for us to be unified? Um, what's the problem? What prevents us from um, allowing this text to actually be our life? What, a lot, what keeps us from being unified with one another? Um, and I know a lot of us have a lot of different insecurities and things that we struggle with. Um, but we are meant to be in that community. And so um, a lot of times we try to isolate it ourselves. And we try to um, make our spiritual walk really isolated. Um, and say, it's, well, it's between you and God. Or that's between you and God. Or that's your problem. You figure it out. And a lot of times we grow up with um, this lack of openness and honesty. Um, you're not, you don't feel the freedom to be broken. Um, because you have to look a certain way or act a certain way. Um, so for me, that's personally my story. Is that I grew up in church and I isolated myself. I grew up thinking that my walk with the Lord was just between me. And so therefore, that made it so me-centered and selfish that I didn't see anyone outside of myself. I didn't see anyone else that needed to hear the truth that we are proclaiming here. The truth that God has come and saved us, drawn us out of our, our, our darkness, and drawn us out of our sins, that we're no longer enslaved to sin. Uh, but I didn't see that as such good truth because I was so focused on myself. Um, and so what ends up happening is when we're so focused on ourselves and our individual walk with the Lord, we don't see the other people around us that need to hear the gospel. Um, and so it says we're being equipped to do the work of ministry. So you guys are being equipped so that you don't look at yourself. Hmm. You guys are being equipped so you look out and see and draw people into that unity that we have in the body. It's something that's attractive, something that's good. Um, and so that is something that we have to push against. Push against that isolation. Push against individualizing ourselves uh, so much that we don't see others around us. Um, and so uh, I want you guys to know that this place, when you guys are in this body, is supposed to be a safe place for you to be broken and open and honest with people. Um, it's a place for you to show uh, where you are sinful, uh, but yet where God's grace has covered that sin. Um, grace has covered every sin. Um, and so if you guys, if the church is not a safe place for people to come, if this body of Christ is not a safe place for people to come, they're not going to want to be here. And if you guys don't portray that, show that I'm a broken human being who needs the body of Christ to build me up. I am a broken human being that needs to be equipped and encouraged by fellow believers. Um, they're going to miss out on that. And you don't want them to be looking in and seeing that, well, they don't really, they don't really like, love each other or they don't really care much for each other. And so, um, but no, we are united in one spirit. And that one spirit gives us a desire to reach out and to bring others into um, our body. Amen. And so, um, 
If you guys leave on this note, I want you guys, as you go into small groups, I want you guys to be thinking about what is it that's keeping you from being um, unified with those around you, fellow believers around you. It's hard. It's hard to be open. It's hard to be broken. It's hard to be honest about the sin that's in your life. It's really hard. Um, but God has called you to do that because he set that example. So Christ is the example of unity and maturity that we are supposed to be seeking. Um, and so guys, as you guys go into small groups, please talk about that. Um, realize that these small these connect groups are places where you can do that. They're little small communities that you guys can be open and honest and love one another in your sin. Um, and so understand, you guys are speaking truth and know the word of God because you guys are being equipped to go out and share that with others. Um, and so if you guys would pray with me. Dear God, thank you so much for um, this time that we get to come and read your word. Lord God, I pray against um, all these things that create disunity. Um, I pray against all of the uh, insecurities and the ways that we isolate ourselves from you. Lord God, we can do that in our relationship with you. Um, Lord God, our relationship with you is so important. Um, us spending time with you, um, us reading the word and praying to you, Lord God. But you, you yourself are in um, me. So therefore, what are we to say that we don't be in unity? Lord God, you called us to be, to imitate you, and so you've been in, in unity as well. So God, we are to be uh, that unified body to proclaim the truth of the cross. Um, so God, I pray that each one of these students would leave here uh, thinking about that, that they would leave here with their hearts being open to see others around them um, and to draw them into this unified, one body, one spirit. Um, Lord God, because you have called us to that. And so God, I thank you so much for this time and I pray that you would, um, that your truth would resonate in their hearts and that it would pierce through their every part of their body, Lord God. Um, so I pray all of that in Jesus' name.